Welcome to Commercial Kitchen Chronicles, a podcast dedicated to commercial food equipment repair industry. My name is Pat Finley. I'm a lead master certified technician at General Parts Group and a certified Cephasa trainer. My goal is to shine a light on what I believe to be one of the most interesting and rewarding industries a field service technician can work in. I love the work I do, and I am glad you're here listening to this podcast. In this episode, I talk with Dusty and Jason about what to do when a customer calls in for inspection. What's up, everybody? Tonight is Dusty, Jason, and myself, and we're going to talk about when a customer calls in the last minute, they're either getting inspected by the Board of Health, you know, compliance through chain or whatever. We're going to talk about, you know, what to expect and what's going on with that. But first off, poor Rich is stuck working on a walk-in, and he's not having a good time. So, Rich, our thoughts are out with you, buddy. Good luck, and I hope you're not out all night, bud. <laughs> been there. We've all been there. <laughs> yeah. So Jason had this great topic, and, you know, Jason has had both sides of this aspect. So it's kind of a – I think I'm going to let him run a lead on this one because, you know, he's been on both sides. He's been on the service side, and he's been on, you know, the hospitality side. So he's really seen it from both sides. So let's let Jason just take over and see what see what, see what what conversation we can have with this. Yeah, sure. So we were talking about some, some topics about everyday things that we go through as service techs, and there was something that I noticed over over the last – several years is that uh, stores would like to call in a list of things the day before an inspection or a corporate visit. And, and I don't have a problem with it for the most part, but it's, 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 it's almost opening a can of worms when, uh, when you find everybody frantic and they're doing things they, in my opinion, wouldn't, they wouldn't normally do all at once. So they end up you know, pulling out pressure washers out of the closet and they're spraying walls, you know, you know, tripping breakers, spraying electrical equipment. Um, you know, I'll get in there and, and there'll be one issue with the grill and then they'll be like, just calibrate everything. And I'm just like, the other platens are fine. And they're like, yeah, just calibrate. I'm like, if it's not broken, we probably shouldn't mess with it. But it just it just opens up a can of worms. And I just remembered going back from the from the years of working in hospitality and whatnot and and uh, now that I'm on this side, it's just like, you know, I get it, you know, I get it. <laughs> you know, we got we got uh, the P&L we're looking at. So we're trying to wait until, you know, you know, the next quarter, you know, or, or our bonuses are are impacted and whatnot. And, and I just wanted to, to just chat with you guys, see what you thought and see if we can come up with some ideas, you know, how we can help help these stores try to you know, maybe leading up to these things so that, that, that it's not all at once and, and whatnot, because people start freaking out, you know, and, and we're there to help them and whatnot. And uh, I just, it's, it's, it's almost, it's a little self-inflicted, you know, so, so I just wanted to bring that topic up. It's just something that all of us in this industry deal with all the time. Oh, yeah, that's a great topic. You know, you're talking about P&Ls and, you know, everybody is electronic anymore. I mean, I hardly see anybody unless it's like a one-man shop that's doing paper anymore. And, you know, when I first started, you could do paper. If you had a customer you liked and like, hey, can you hold on to this work order for a little a couple of weeks until next quarter or whatever? You keep that work order tucked away in your, you know, your your little notebook, and you'd wait till the end of the month to turn it in, so they'd get hit on, you know, next month or next quarter. So, what, sure. but you can't do that nowadays. I mean, we're all electronic. As soon as you hit complete, it goes in. It's built within twenty four hours. If nothing's coming off that ticket. Most time it's built. I mean, it's built within twenty four hours. How we work anymore, unless it's like a, a big job or it's a customer where, you know, 
we review everything, it's getting turned over 24 hours and getting built out. And the problem yeah. is we're not doing it in-house. We have uh, a billing department that's centralized. Well, they call it centralized billing, but they're really scattered throughout, you know, our corporation. That's <clears throat> I mean, sometimes those guys don't catch something. If you don't pull a part off and your notes doesn't say that you used it or say that you, you didn't use it, they'll just leave it on the call. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're doing credit rebills because we didn't catch it in time. So I mean, there's a lot of stuff that can come come about, you know, from this. Yeah, there's there's always a lot of confusion with with trying to do all that all at once and, and whatnot, and it's always in the name of you know just taking care of the customer. Um, and uh, you know the what some of the tricks I've learned with uh, myself, I always tell my customers, hey, are you get if you're going to have an inspection, you know, we'll, we'll we'll do what we can the night before. But there's a lot of can of worms that open up when you do that. But what the best thing is, and if it's just based on availability, I always say, hey. What time's your inspection? Call, you know, I'll schedule myself to be there, and I'll answer questions for the inspector. You know, they just like, hey, can you just be here? Sometimes it's, you know, it might be an hour visit. It's peace of mind, and, and you know, there's some tricks here, at least here in Florida. If you take the equipment and you empty it, and you unplug it, zip tie the plug, turn it around, slap a sign on it, you're good. You know, I mean, they they want to see that. They want to know that there is no chance that some young employee is going to come and not know any better and stick product inside a piece of equipment and it's going to be a, a, a public safety issue. So, I mean, there's legitimate reasons why uh, the health inspections are so strict and whatnot. You, you can't even, there can't even be a chance that somebody can mistakenly put something in there. So you have to turn it off. You have to put a sign on it. You have to spin it. Even if your production's down, you have to mark your equipment and the inspector can't do anything about that. That's, uh, that's cool. I've never seen that. So here in Indiana, as long as like they have proof that we worked on something and as long as it's empty and not being used, generally the board of health will let us slide that, Hey, this cooler is mm -hmm. not tip. Well, it's empty. It's not being used. You know, here's the work order number that we started on it. They let them slide with it, but you know, yeah. building inspectors. And then uh, we do a, is a stare, stare or something, or there's a third party company with all these, you know, change use. That are actually more strict than the Board of Health. Have you guys dealt with that and anything? We do. Um, for a lot of the restaurants here, they I think that I'm not sure if it's called Serve Safe or uh, Stare is sorry. Uh, I you know I, I, I don't, we they hire uh, <laughs> um, like a, an independent health inspector and they they treat those very seriously. You know they they pay them. You know and that's in case of a real you know. A, a, Utility or not utility, but a public service of uh, the actual. You say board of health. We have it. We call it something else here, but yeah. liter literally the county or, or whatever comes in, and you don't want to get shut down by them. That's that's serious. But we'll. But a lot of the the customers they they pay for a service to get random visits and whatnot, and it keeps them on their a game and whatnot. And so there's less chance of actually getting a real, you know, infraction, and, you know, put in the books against that that business. Yeah, that, that third party service, man, they take it more serious than the actual, you know, board of health or the inspectors that come in. They they around here that's a big deal because like you said, they're they're paying, but also those reports are getting ran all the way up the corporate chain. You know, a lot of times oh, yeah. it, it doesn't get ran up, it's, it stops at the store level, unless it's something egregious. But you know, anything those those third party audit companies find, they gets ran all the way up the chain. So, you know, managers yeah. are in trouble, they're losing bonuses over it, you know, stuff like that. So they, you know. Like you said, the day before, they'll call, hey, I got inspection tomorrow, and I've got this, this, and this down. And it's like, 
I mean, you know, first off, you know, sometimes we're two weeks out unless you're a, a, a grade A customer, you know, or top tier customer. Uh, and then, you know, okay, what do you guys have? You know, and they may have one or two things. It's not a big deal. Or they may have seven or eight things, you know, they don't spend the money on fixing. It's like, what do you do at that point? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've seen stores close down for something as small as a few. So a few uh, fruit flies just in, you know, the floors have a, a P-trap in it and there's water always standing in there. And sometimes if you get citrus and different syrups, even like grenadine syrup, too much in there, especially behind bars, you'll get some fruit flies flying around there. And, you know, if you, you catch the wrong inspector on the wrong day, they will shut you down. I've seen it, you know, so, so I, I get the, I get the sense of urgency and, uh, you know, and another thing, you know, I've seen, I've been called in for, for things that are like completely unrelated to us, but they're just like, we're calling you come in. I show up and I'm just like, what can I do? You know, give me some bleach <laughs> or something, you know, again, it's in the name of helping the customer, but it's, it's now being on both sides, you know, it's over the years. I, I get it now, you know, I'd, I'd be freaking out if, if I knew I had an inspection. I'm just like, I don't care. Just get it fixed and whatnot, you know, you know, cost be damned until I see, you know, until I don't have a bonus or my P&Ls get so bad. So, so but blogger wants to know where do they even come from? I don't know where those fruit flies come from, man. It's amazing. They come out of thin air. It's just I have no oh, idea. Oh man, someone in the chat's got to know. I don't know. I, they just once they show up, it's it's just really hard to get away. It's a nightmare. Yeah. Even in our office, we have these little fruit fly traps, like little fake apples. They put vinegar in there and it catches them. I'm like, why do we have fruit flies in our office? We don't have food in here. We don't. Do <laughs> There's fruit flies in here. I'm like, this is stupid. So, yeah. So, <clears throat> so what are some of the things that we can do for our customers to help alleviate this? So. If you got a customer and they're famous for it, you know, they do it every quarter or every, you know, biannual or whatever. What can we do to help alleviate the pain of our customer, you know, freaking out and calling us? What can we do for our customers? I think we can tell them, Dusty, I'm going to let you jump in here anytime, brother. I don't mean to cut you off if you're jumping Oh, you're good, in. man. No, you're good. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, when I was when I was working in restaurants, we were really strict to having two types of logs. There was, when you got in, you logged all the temperature of all the equipment, the walk-ins and everything. And then the other log was from ship to ship was explaining any kind of uh, maintenance issues or, you know, kind of a, this is what's going on during my shift. And then you go on to the next person and David Copperfield. Uh, and then you go on to the, you know, you, you give it to the next shift leader and they, they add their notes. And then, you know, I've seen some places that have a maintenance log and, you know, they had different levels of what's, you know, what's a 911, kind of like in our, in our, in our thing, it says this is a four hour call, or this is a 24 hour call or a 48 hour call, you know, the manager knows what, you know, what their P&L looks like and what is and isn't going to be approved or what are they coming up on the cycle, life cycle battle of equipment that might be replaced. <clears throat> so, you know, they would, you know, they would write down, you know, this is a 911 or this, this needs to be, this has to be changed out like after the the first of the next quarter and whatnot and, and i just recommend that you know people just try to you know try to collaborate with your your store managers collaborate with your area supervisors those who have the um, you know that the the purse strings and the authority to make decisions on repairs and certain uh um certain uh cap outs that you don't want to cap out and just keep record of things and and you know 
I think it's always good that as service companies that we try to we try to track lifecycle data and work with them and let them know that hey, this piece of equipment, you know, it's 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 getting there. You know, you've spent probably half of the the cost of a new one and and whatnot. And it's just better communication between the stores and and the service company. We have a really good relationship with our company, pretty friendly relationship with our our uh, customers like we call them on on like friday once a week we call them and give them a report every monday we let them know what happened the week before you know and we just communicate we try to have a relationship with the managers but i always recommend that you know we all log log what's going on and, and if you can't do something now let's let's communicate about that and let's let's put that away and we're going to talk about when that's gonna when that needs to be changed or updated or fixed and if they want to wait on a repair um that we can do that, you know. You just got to work with them. You know, some some places are smaller than others, and they don't have a massive budget. You know? So, some people will like, hey, you know, I don't need to fix this particular piece of equipment right now, and you know, or it's there's several vats or sections to this piece of equipment, and I just don't want to deal with it right now, and whatnot. So you just work with people. Yeah, and I agree. We have a couple customers who do a pretty good job. Um, we have one specific. Uh, chain that does a really good job with keeping notes and it's shift to shift to shift yeah. so everything's labeled what was the issue here uh, what appliance had problems uh, what it was doing exactly what time and that's great because if you go there for a different call um, when I check out they'll usually check that list to see if there's any emergencies or anything pending or they'll ask questions from the week before was this ordered was this fixed what's the issue with this and then on the other hand of it we have some that just they, there's no communication from the top or from first shift to second shift, and then it gets mixed up. And that's happened before where I was given approval uh, to order a part to fix something, and then I come back and fix it, and then it's the daytime manager who's there, and they're like, oh, no, we're just going to replace that. It's like, so what do you want me to do? I mean, uh, we've already ordered the parts a second trip, so communication is huge. Um, yeah. that, that could save you a lot of money and make you a lot of money, too, so... That's uh, I, I wish more stores would do that. Just keep a log. Each manager checks it once they take the shift, checks it, see if there's any issues, outstanding issues, emergencies, and then categorize it by then and then kind of go from there. Yeah, I've been in some McDonald's where the managers actually have a group chat. When you show up, like they get on that group chat and they send a message, hey, you know, General Parks is here to work on the grill. So that way, everybody in the management chain has that, you know, that log. And it's just a group yeah. chat. I'll keep. I was like, well, that's, you know, it. You know, it's not in their logbook, but yet, you know, all the managers have access to it and they're all seeing it. So I thought that was pretty cool that I've seen that in the past. So, yeah, communication. Yeah, they, they still do that. That's, that's, they're pretty tight about communicating in their group chats. And, you know, at any given time, you walk in and you'll find a group in any location having a meeting and they're like, oh, maybe, you know, there's a facilities guy here. Let's, uh, yeah. let's let, give them the list or whatnot. I cut my teeth at McDonald's, man. And I, I love, you know, people always complain about working at McDonald's, man. But most of the time, yeah, it's busy. You're going to work in some hairy situations. You know, you're there during lunch working on a fryer or whatever. I mean, just it is what it is. But most of the time, they're always pretty nice, pretty laid back. I mean, they're pretty cool people. Oh yeah, uh, that's I've I've for how busy they are. You know, I've I've seen people apply for the job and then, uh, you know, they're they're just doing their job shadow for a day or two, and and you know they're working on a fryer or something and then a french fry falls down their shirt and they're like f this you know throwing tools and they're like i'm out of here this is bs i'm like all right well if, if that all it took on your job shadow then then this isn't for you man i mean yeah. 
I'm, I'm working on a platen and letting them use the other platens while I do what I got to do and everything. And, oh, yeah, you I know, see. I'll work on one fryer. You can work on the other, you know, the other fryers while I'm working. I, I seldomly stop any customer while they're, you know, while they're working. On a fryer, it, 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 the timer's going off and I'm pulling it off and I'm shaking it in the basket, handing it to the guy on the line. I'm like, hey, can you slide this in there? I'm like, I'm here. I'm in the way. I'll help out as much as I can, you know. You're there working on the grill. Yeah. Hey, timer goes off. It's in there beeping. And I guess you're hearing a beep. I'll salt the meat. I'll put it in a thing and hand it over. I'm like, here you guys go. Like, you want a yeah. job? I'm like, no, you can't afford me. I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah, I've said that. That's I do that all the time in the McDonald's. I'm used to uh, fixing their arch fry dispensers. So I, you know, if they're just slammed because we we owned we used to own the most in the state before we sold them, and uh, it's that relationship over the last six years I have with those stores. And even though we don't we don't own them anymore whether it's one of our old franchise or it's even a corporate or another franchise. If I see they're busy, I already know the routine. I'll run to, you know, if I'm waiting for something to cool down or heat up, I'll run to the back. I'll grab a box, box of fries. I'll fill up their arch fry dispenser. I'll shake their fries when it, you know, it says work or whatever. It, it's no issue. I mean, I don't know how to actually work the line, but I try to be helpful wherever I can fill up their ice cream machine. And whatnot. I could probably do about um, everything, but run the register and make the, <laughs> make the sandwiches. I yeah. can do everything else, but you know, Right it's right. fun, dude. It's fun. You're like, it's like we're really high-paid McDonald's people at this moment. Dude, it's I just <laughs> processes. I don't know about you, but like, I'll be in a five-star restaurant and I'll watch a chef like plating up his food, and I'm like fascinated by it. I've had chefs be like, "Are you hungry?" I'm like, "No, I'm fascinated by what you're doing, man." It's like, it's like art, you know. They take out these plates and it's plated perfect. It they wipe it off. And it's clean. It's art. And it's like, how do you do that? Like, oh, we just do this all day long. I'm like, dude, that's freaking amazing. Like, well, we like what you do. I'm like, no. Hey, you want to change jobs? No. <laughs> <laughs> I like what they're doing, and I want to eat the food too, man. Oh, yeah. Some, some I really good stuff. Thank you. <laughs> so, I always, uh, we, we take care of a really like high end steakhouse. And every time I'm in there, I'm always asking the chefs, like, what's a good way to cook a filet mignon? <laughs> and then I'll get insight for that. And I'll cook it for my wife. She's like, this is amazing. I'm like, yeah, you know. No biggie. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, that's sweet. I'm, I'd be asking questions like that because I'm really trying to work my way into getting a free piece. Free <laughs> like, so what exactly does that taste like? What's the flavor? <laughs> I had a guy. I had a guy who works for me, man. He's like, man, he, he works somewhere. I'm like, man, I'm getting kind of hungry, guys. And he says it loud enough for the employees to hear it and just hoping they give him food. I'm like, dude, you got to chill out with that shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it depends on where yeah. you are. A lot of times I'll be offered food where I don't want it and then not offered food where I would take it. So, Yeah, I'm watching my calories. But, yeah, I'm guilty of being like, hey, I like like they really need to know. I'm like, well, I'm going to – I'm all done. I'm going to go up and buy lunch. Yep. <laughs> Awkward silence. They're like, oh, well, we got that. I'm like, okay. <laughs> 40 pounds later. You walk out lunch? Yeah. Like Chick-fil-A, dude, I don't know about here where you guys are at, but Chick-fil-A I work in, dude, if you leave Chick-fil-A without getting food, you screwed up royally. Like, yeah. you cannot fix the equipment and they're feeding you. Yeah, I have a I have one down south from us that uh, I know the owners, are, and we work on their stuff, and they're just like, anything you want. And it's normally the kitchen manager wants to give me a sandwich because that's easy to make. And I'm just like, well, I like those cops. I actually got a cop salad today with the apple cider vinaigrette. And uh that's like my jam, man. It's like, I'll take get a salad. And they're like, all right, we'll get you a salad. We're thinking you wanted a sandwich. I'm like, I'm watching all those carbs, man. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, love Chick-fil-A. Love the salads. Dude, that, that Chick-fil-A, so when COVID hit and they closed dining rooms, they actually made more money when they closed their dining rooms just went straight to drive through or carry out 
know, to your car than they did when they, you know, were full, fully open. It was amazing. Everyone, I was, God, like, everyone did actually. Yeah. It's, it's just amazing. Chick-fil-A, dude, they, I don't get it, man. And you know, if you got to do a big job, Oh, it's Sunday. It's double time. Oh, we don't care. Okay. I've been in Chick-fil-A's on Sundays cleaning ice machines at double time. I'm like, you guys are insane. Nope. We want them cleaned. Yeah. Right, here we go. And I thought they were closed on Sunday. And then I realized they do maintenance and there's maintenance yep. people there. I'm like, Oh, okay. I thought it was a, no one's there, you know, and at some time of day there, there obviously isn't. Cause I'd get there. I'd forget and go to the beach on a, on a Sunday out of town and I'm driving by, I'm like, Oh hell yeah. There's a Chick-fil-A. And I'm like, Oh, no one here. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Generally Why do just- they have those in airports? <laughs> yeah, uh, airports and then um, well, uh, so I forget what's called our, where the Pacers play. They put a Chick Fil A in there. It's, it's closed on Sunday, and that building has a deal with Pepsi, so that's like the only Chick Fil A you can get like a Mountain Dew at. So it's Chick Fil A and Mountain Dew go great together. <laughs> Do they? I remember that? Yeah, uh, yeah. Because the building has a deal with Pepsi, they can't sell Coke, so they can't even use Chick Fil A cups because Chick Fil A cups have Coke on them. So they have to use like yeah. Branded, you know, Pepsi Coke, Pepsi uh, cup for the venue and stuff. It's hilarious. Is that Banker's Fieldhouse? Uh, but, well, it's, it used to be Banker's Life. Now it's um, Gainbridge or something. Fieldhouse. Oh, uh, I didn't know they changed it. Yeah, they got. Yeah, they signed a deal, so you can like you can sponsor a stadium. They put your name on there. It's millions, and millions of dollars, but hey, it's advertisement, and probably tax write off. So, yeah, goals, right? <laughs> yeah, there it is, man. But Commercial Kitchen Chronicles will we'll sponsor the Pacers uh, next season. So we've all been there. You get to the restaurant. You don't know it. You get there, and all of a sudden, you know, you're there for one or two calls, and they get a list. Hey, you know, we need you to look at this, this, and this. So when you get there at that point, what do you do? Do you, you know, you try to triage the big, important stuff? You know, you call you. Of course, you got to call your dispatcher. Hey, I've got, you know, you know, they thought two calls, and all of a sudden there's six calls here. So you got to let your dispatcher know. You're going to screw up your whole day. Um, how do you guys handle that? Do you just you know let your dispatchers know and try to triage the most important stuff, or you try to hit everything, or what do you guys do? I guess it depends on the customer. Uh, we have a, a few customers where it's, you know, if we're there and there's multiple issues, they bring it up when we get there. Uh, we have a few where we'll just take care of it while we're there. Uh, they've been good to us. We'll be good to them. Obviously, the important stuff. If it's kind of like, kind of like knickknack stuff we might reschedule but for the most part i try to take care of everything but we also have other customers where um it's their process that makes us have to have them put in a work order and if it's yeah. not physically put in like through their software or through their you know service channel um then we can't do it we can't touch it because if we do we might not get paid might not be able to order the parts um but like i said I, I, it's a case by case honestly i have a couple where you know i'll uh, do what i gotta do to get them running um, but you know, and, but usually I communicate with the dispatcher and usually those make for late days, but you know, take care of the customer. You'll be good to go. Same, same for us. Um, for the most part, you know, if I get in somewhere and it's like two things and then next thing you know, they have a list, uh, I'll just say, Hey, uh, it depends on their process because some stores, you know, they've gotten a little cavalier. So they're, area supervisors like, yeah, they're not approved to anything from the ground level. So I'll say, Hey, you know, do you want to call our store or do you want me to send an email? I'll put your name in it. It'll go to your supervisor and I'll continue to do what I do. Uh, Let me look at my board. Let me call my dispatcher. If I have a walk-in after this, you know, probably not, but it depends on what they have going on. I have no problem just staying right there and doing everything they need, whether it's running up on the roof. I just, just, 
you know, I'm probably going to have to be sent back anyway. So at the very least, I try to diagnose everything while I'm there, you know, and if I have the parts deal, I mean, if it's, if it's, you know, it's kind of a trial, you know, it's just, you got to just play it by play. I mean, if it's a fryer, let me not say that. If it's a fryer that takes four or five hours to get underneath and pull the dang gum contactor box out and it's, you got other banks there, I'm just like, I'll try to diagnose it the best I can and we'll have to set this up for me to come back. But I'll do, you know, anything that's critical as best I can, but it depends on where I'm supposed to go after this. I don't mind clearing my board, but if it's a walk-in or something and we can't send someone else, I can't pick your reach-in over someone's walk-in. Yeah. Yeah. It just comes with experience learning on what, you know, how to evaluate things, how to determine what's more important, you know, and just it's weird. As much as I say this, like, it seems like their compliance within their chain is more strict than anything else. And and I think it's because that really affects the manager's buzz, their manager's bonus and their pay scale and some things like that. So I think, you know, when it comes up to like compliance, you know, within the chain, they really freak out about that kind of stuff. So. I'm the same way, you know, I try to, I try to evaluate what's going on, you know, what I can fix, what I can't fix, you know, what's going on the rest of the day. Like you said, if there's a walk-in cooler, you know, or something like that, a walk-in freezer, that's going to take precedent over everything else. You know, Hey, I can't do it. You know, let me see if I get someone else out here. Let me see if I can change calls or whatnot. Just, but you know, some of the newer guys may get lured in and not realize, Hey, you know, they'll get stuck there all day and you know, they'll blow something off. They can't really blow off. So, you know, if you yeah. have questions, you need to make sure you check with your dispatcher or check with senior level techs and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I've gotten to the point where it's like, I'm, you know, I'm sure you're older than me, Pat, by by very little, but uh, I've gotten to the point where I just I don't want to work a 12 hour day. You know, so I'll I'll give 10 hours in a day. So you know, if I get halfway through the day, I'll call the dispatch and say, hey, this is what's going on. There's this going on here, but you have this, this, and this. I have about five more hours willing to work before I want to head home and do my family thing. So with that information, can you tell, can you prioritize what you want done? And I will try to get that all done in that time, you know? So they'll say, well, can you get these five calls done? I said, okay, I'll do those five. That might put me over, but you know, we'll go back and forth, but we'll try to come to something and and then like, okay, I agree to do these five. I already said, I'm going to do it. You know, if that puts me over, that's fine. But we talked about it. So now she can, he or she can call the customers who I can't get to, and I can focus on what I need to get and you know, take care of these customers here and there. So it's it's just kind of a, and, you know, it's a relationship with your dispatcher and it's a relationship with the customer because I, I, I make it a, I make it a point to really really know my customers and know who they are and connect with yeah. them and communicate with them, and I've never. I've never had, you know, over having a relationship, I've never had a customer really mad at me. Mm-hmm. They just, you know, once you create a relationship with them, yeah, you're trying to help them. But, you know, you, once you start treating them like they're human and, and respecting and giving them that respect, they're going to treat it right back. So they're going to understand the shit they can't do. Is under, they're going to understand the shit you can't do. You know, so makes, you know, you might have to make some promises. But like, hey, you know, I, I can't today, but I will come back first thing in the morning. Let me just get that set up with the, with the dispatcher or I'll be back. You're, you're on my way home. I'll, I'll hit you back on the way home tomorrow. I just, you know, already everything I put off today for you today, I have to deal with first tomorrow and then I'll come back. You know, if you communicate, they will be happy. If they know what's going on, they will be happy. But if they feel like you're getting blown off and, and they're out of the loop, 
you know, their mind's going to create their own narrative and it's not going to be in your favor, especially when they're in a pinch or they're feeling the pressure from, from, you know, the powers to be above. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, we say this all the time, the communication, dude, it, I think that's, that is probably the number one skill that is not taught to technicians. Communication, dude. Um, yeah. I've seen the best techs in the world. Customers hate because they can't communicate. They don't, you know, they don't explain what they did or they don't talk to the right person or they talk to the first person they find and leave, you know, and it's, it's, it's so hard trying to go behind people like that, you know, and they may be a great tech, but you know, they just didn't explain it well or, you know, justify, you know, what they did and the customer doesn't want them back. Yeah. Well, I think it takes three things to be a, a great tech. You need to be, you need to always be growing in your, your technical still skill. You need to always be growing in your nomenclature and how you you communicate in your tablet or your your written work. And you need to be you know always getting better at communicating with your customer. You don't have to be a great communicator, like if you have a southern draw or if you have a little bit of slang yeah. or you or you know if you talk slow. Communication, there's a lot of grace shown in the way you communicate if you have a relationship, you know. I, I have so many diverse friends that sound so differently, but if you have a relationship, you know, you'll understand them, you know, you because you, you have those texts that are just like, real quiet, you know, or they got that country accent or, you know, or they, or they got a real, you know, some of them even have like an aggressive, you know, the way they talk. But if you have a, if you have a relationship with them, it's cool. But technical, written, verbal, those need to continue to be, mm -hmm fostered and grown you know so it's it, everyone's like oh you know we need classes for this piece of equipment and that piece of equipment and yet their notes are horrible they're not explaining the whole story you, you know they're they're leaving everything out and it just leaves things to question or you know we're like we don't even know if this recorder is even done you know change this out yeah. did it fix it <laughs> you know do you need to return you know, st just stuff like that. And then, you know, did you talk to the customer? Did you get their name? Did you say hi to them when you arrived? Put that in the notes, stuff like that. So mm -hmm. we, we gotta, we gotta get better at all these things, you know? And I think every company deals with, with those, uh, those, those two second things always kind of be not being across the board, everyone, you know, not a goal for everyone. And it really needs to be. Yeah. Rich was working on something this last week about, you know, like uh, a flow chart of what to do when you get there. And I've worked on one in the past too, for my company is, you know, I think guys need to do a better job checking in, communicating. It just all goes the same thing. So, yeah, it's, I'm glad to hear that. So, <clears throat> sweet. What's Rich saying here? He says, I've seen companies who had great techs lose tons of customers because the techs had lousy people skills. Yep. It happens every day, man. I, like I said, I follow up guys that are some of the best techs I've ever seen, and they just can't talk to people, and the customer doesn't want them back. So, it, it is what yeah. it is. So, <clears throat> so, back on this topic of, you know, inspections that kind of stuff so say we get out there we get it fixed we get everything justified and the customers you know taken care of you know inspections over and everything's cool how do we prevent them from thinking that's an acceptable thing to do so you know most time they know when inspections are coming i think they generally have like exactly. scheduled maybe one surprise it just depends so yeah. say the customers bad about what class every single time do we take the time to explain to them hey how about you know this is coming give us a call a week ahead two weeks ahead so we get this taken care of, you know, before it becomes an issue, before, you know, we're 24 hours, we're in there when they're getting ready to inspect. I mean, that's the last thing I want to do. When I'm on a job and I see board, of, you know, a, a 
Marion County Health Department or whoever show up, I'm packing my bag and I'm leaving. I don't want no part of being in there. Because <laughs> <laughs> That's opposite of me. That's <laughs> done. But you know what happens? Because like all of a sudden they're asking you questions about plumbing, about a toilet leak, about a sick night getting hot. I'm like, man, I don't, I don't, I'm not a plumber, man. I'll fix your, <laughs> your grills, I'll fix your coolers, but that sink's not me, man. I'll fix your dish machine, your garbage disposal, but I don't know why they don't have hot water here. I mean, so I mean, I don't do it, but I always want to do it. <laughs> You're like, I'm just not that guy. <laughs> I'll fix about everything, but I don't know why you don't have hot water here. I mean, I don't know where the hot water comes from. I mean, like, it, yeah, you got hot water here back there, and it's on. Everything else is hot, but the sink's not hot. You know. <laughs> You see him, you see that lady walking around for a little bit <laughs> in her thermometer and she walks up to the sink and she turns the hot water on home. She sinks her thermometer in there and it's got so many seconds to reach a certain degree or you know, that's a ride up. I mean, it's just it's crazy. Yeah. So you know, I think you know, have the conversations with the managers, the regional managers, or whoever you can, be like, hey, you have this coming up at this date. How about you call us out two weeks ahead of time? You know, and we can spend the time to go through everything you guys have concerns with before it comes, you know, before they come out. That gives us a chance to order the parts and get back, you know, and make sure everything's taken care of. So, you know, I try to tell the customers, hey, give us a little bit more heads up, you know, and I'm polite about it. I just, I'm not rude about it, but like, hey, can you give us, you know, like a week or two weeks or, you know, three or four days at least, you know, to try to get this taken care of? Um, which is, uh, I mean, I, and that's a part of the, like, keeping the running kind of uh, note, notebook or how, whatever community group chat, whatever piece of communication they use. Um, because that helps it not get lost in the weeds, never getting forgotten about. Because recently, uh, had a restaurant, they were having an internal inspection. So mm -hmm. it was the, their, the uh, vice president of operations and the vice president of the entire company uh, was in there, was supposed to schedule be in there on Wednesday. I go out to diagnose um, on Tuesday, and I was able to overnight the parts for Wednesday. And I was like, I know you guys have an inspection tomorrow. Do you want me just to hang back and we'll come and do it Thursday? They're like, no, just get here and do it. Um, so I ended up being there on site with the vice president of operations and the vice president. And I'm working, laying down, working on a plate chiller. And uh, they come over to me and ask me what I'm doing. And then they start asking me other questions about, you know, other appliances in the restaurant. So luckily I was the one servicing that the most. Uh, but it was also, you know, there were some issues where I had to diagnose with you know, the, with them there, uh, they weren't standing over me, but they were there on location. So I had to go ahead and diagnose it. And then luckily I schmoozed it over and, you know, helped them out of that situation. Like I do best, but you know, it was something yeah. that could have been, could have been prevented, you know, by having it fixed earlier. Mm -hmm. And then that way, when they come there, it's all aces. Um, but you know, I, but I was actually then later told the GM that it was a good thing that I was there and, you know, it kind of pushed them to approve a lot of things. Um, cause I just kind of wrote down a list of things that were wrong and they got, I think they got approved for replacement, some, have some appliances, but still yet, yeah, it was still a, a, almost a nerve wracking situation to be in. You know, you got the VP over here, like the VP and I'm just like, you know, working on this hot well. I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> could have been done earlier, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. That, 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 that can be a huge thing for him. Cause you know, you, you just build a reputation with higher up management. And they have that yeah. faith in you and that trust in you now. And now, you know, they're more maybe, hey, hey, who's working on it? You know, if they say, oh, you know, it's Dusty. Hey, you know, Dusty, you know, steered us right. Maybe Dusty's right. We need to replace this. And maybe, hey, you know, Dusty's, you know, we talk to Dusty, we trust Dusty, and you put that relationship. So, that you know, that's a different side of it. I didn't even think about that side, but that, that that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, was there. And hopefully it helped, you know. Um, and like I said, I just try to be professional. And then in that situation, 
you also, and I was also trying to be really careful. You also got to make sure you take care of your GM. Uh, you don't really want to throw them under the bus. Like, oh, they should have put this in earlier. I'll, I'll try to figure it out. Don't badmouth in any way. Uh, you kind of, kind of got to smooth that over because at the end of the day, those VPs are important. Those higher ups are important. But the GMs who you see every day, and at the end of the day, that's the one approving companies that come out, and that's the one you work with. So if if, if that starts to get that relationship gets negative, then I mean it can go. You can lose that customer quick. Because, uh, you know, and that's the one thing too. you take care of them, even with health inspections, you know, you got to look out for your GM. That's kind of the person essentially keeping you rolling when you're working in that restaurant, paying your bills while you're there. Um, so got to be real careful too. There's a fine line there that uh, I like to, you know, uh, say easily tread because you got to watch out for everybody yourself, but also, you know, that's your, that's your homie when you're in the restaurant. So. Hey, let me say something, Dusty. That's great that you figured that out early, man. The yeah. GM above everyone. This, you know, corporate will come. You know, they'll come in when they want to come in. They're, they have multiple units, but the relationship. If anybody you want to make happy, it's that GM at the end exactly. of the day. That's the person. And you know, if you live in the area and they've they've had that account for a long time, give them your phone, your phone number, man. Just. Mm-hmm. Let them feel good about. And I get phone calls from from GMs. Sometimes it's just to just to follow up on on something. And I and I'll say I don't know. I'll look into it, or they just check in. You know, do I know some? Or I'll check in with them. Uh, but the relationship with the GM is the most important. They are definitely um, they're, they're the judge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess corporate's the Supreme Court, but they're they're the judge. That that's your 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 area. If you take care of them, you're good. Man. And if they go somewhere else, you know, whether they jump chains or go to another location, they will be, they're going to remember you and that relationship, yep. you know? Yep. So that's a great job on, on noticing that and catching that. That's how I got our largest account in Indianapolis for our branches. You know, I took care of someone. We didn't really do anything. I was there doing a warranty call and I went to bat for the customer because I didn't think he was getting treated right. Next thing you know, he's now at a new place in Indianapolis and he's throwing out his service company and it's like, hey, he wants Pat here with General Parts and we've been doing their work for three years now. It's been a great relationship. So you never know where someone's going to go and how it can benefit you. And word of mouth yeah. too. If, if you take care of a GM at this restaurant, this location, um, and he happens to know somebody, you know, who works at it, who's the GM at another restaurant. And then fast forward, you're taking care of that restaurant too. And then it'll just kind of sprout out from there. We have a yeah. customer um, whose wife, we were taking care of uh, her. She's a GM of her restaurant. And then um, her husband was a GM at another restaurant, and we picked up his his account too, and that added three more stores. Um, nice. So it was kind of like a big network that kind of grows. So that's number one, you know. So I want to talk about Quentin's comment right here. He says, "Rich is a two man show. That's what our customers like the most is we are their partners essentially. I feel like their equipment is mine in a way. I feel responsible for it. It's a good relationship. So, you know, I still try to build those relationships. You know, I'm part of a bigger company. We're a smaller branch, but um." I still try to build that relationship with every customer. I want to be, I want them to, when they call in, Hey, send Pat out, you know, I want that relationship. I want to have the opportunity to, to grow with that customer and to build that relationship. So that's a very good point there. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're a two man show shop like you are Quentin, or if you're a, a 20 man shop, you should still strive for that relationship with that customer. Oh, and that's a big, when well, you get that question, uh, when a customer asks, well, what do you think we should do? You know, that's when, you know, you they have your you have their they have your trust and you have their trust, um, and then you know then you know that relationship kind of is strong at that point. So, yeah. well, back to your question, Pat, you, you were asking about you know what 
what can be done to try to, you know, circumvent, you know, this pileup at, at the last minute. You know, maybe it's on us as service companies and service technicians. Maybe, maybe we need to call and communicate with our customers instead of the, the communication always just being about bills due mm-hmm. and what do you need is, hey, you know, you guys have things coming up soon. Do you have any inspections coming up? Do, do you know about, because I have stores that I've called and they, and they don't know exactly when, but they're like, we're due for this. You know, we're due based on the last visit and the time frame that it's going to be within. I'm like, all right, well, if you know it's going to be within the next three weeks, let's get those in and let's get them, let's get them serviced because some, you know, sometimes things take a while to get parts, you know, and, and some things are quick and some things aren't, but I, I hear it all the time. You know, we're, they, they're like, we're due. And I've seen that in the notes. It'll either say we have an inspection or we're due for an inspection. Sometimes dispatch doesn't just differentiate. And they're like 911, you know, and I don't know if some people throw that we're due to, to make yeah. the urgency sound more than what it is. But I think, I think I'd have to challenge everyone out there audience wise, service wise to, you know, call your customers for more than billing and, and just follow up with them. Is everything good? You know, do you know when your inspections are coming up? Is there anything we can do for you? And, you know, that mainly that more that hap- that with anything we can do for you more. I think a lot happens in the off season when it's kind of slow. Hey, is there anything you want done? You know, we'll knock out a trip charge. We'll put it all together. But I think if you, it'll be a lot more genuine if you just try to call on the general or put a note in the system. Our our our, our programmings and and calendars are so smart that you know. We know that you called three months ago about an inspection. Maybe somebody should, if you have the time, be considerate enough to try to say, hey, you know, how often do you have these? And let's let why don't we put it in our calendar and just follow up with them and say, hey, you know, we know you've been getting inspections around this time every three months. Is You know, would you like us to put some calls in? You have things piling up that we can try to get, you know, get ahead of. And and they'll be like, oh, no one else does that. You know, sometimes we just got to do stuff that's new. You know, we don't have to yeah. follow the trend. And, you know, this is how we've always done it. Let's let's just let's just do our own thing and just let's make it let's make it better. So if your customer calls in, they say they have an inspection and, you know, your tech goes out there and you're like, oh, it's a quarterly inspection. It happens this time every time. The tech, you know, hey, be a little proactive. Hey, call the office. Be like, hey, you know, this is a quarterly inspection. Let's set something up maybe a week before. You know, we set a we set a reminder, a calendar event. Hey, call this customer. Hey, I know you guys got an inspection coming up. Do you guys need anything? You know, let's try to get this taken care of. So that's a great point. I like that. I mean, it, it can go a long way, and it shows you reach out to the customer. So it shows initiative on your side, and maybe yeah. you know the customer didn't think about it, and you you reminded them that hey, we got an inspection coming up. Hey, let's go ahead and yeah, come on out, take care of this stuff. So that's a pretty cool point. I like that. Um, another thing I like to do is like I'm on site. And I, I listen, I don't wear headphones. I refuse to wear headphones on my side. If I'm on a rooftop, it's a different story. But if I'm in a kitchen, I do not wear headphones. I'm listening to conversations all around me. I'm listening to equipment and that kind of stuff. And a lot of times when it gets close to inspection time, you may not know it, but they're talking about it. If you hear them talking about it, like, hey, do you have an inspection coming up? And they're like, yeah, they start freaking out. That can lead to, you know, picking up some on jobs, more revenue, some other things. So always keep an ear out, you know, and listen to what's going on inside the stores. And you should tell Rich if he's got time to comment in the comment section that he should just get on the phone and just, you know, take yeah. a break and talk to us. Did you hear like, that? What's going on, Rich? What's going on, Rich? You can just jump on the phone. Excuses. <laughs> he's probably sitting in the van, the AC, I imagine. 
Yeah, he better be in a walk-in or something. No excuses. Hey, man, John <laughs> pros do amazing things. You can sit in your truck. You can sit in the dining room. You can sit on the roof. You can get all your information from, you know, hundreds of people. Away. So it's, it's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. So let's see. We got a couple of comments here. So let's look at Greg Austin. How I tech handles a callback will make or break them. Don't don't lie to them. Don't fill them with bullshit. Customers know when someone isn't doing them right. Yeah. Um, that's customer, right. Own everything, man. Um, I own stuff that's not mine just because it looks better. Um, you know, maybe I missed it. You know, someone else was there and messed up. You know, maybe I didn't show them the correct way to do something. Maybe I didn't show them, you know, how to prevent that from happening. So, um, definitely own up and own it everything and it goes a long way if you step up and own take ownership for your mistakes that's a huge plus of a customer yeah those callbacks i mean it's a real bad habit i think it's it's twofold there's, there's two types and it's like it's like hey you know either it's technicians trying to make themselves look better and be like well they just didn't do it right they didn't know what they're doing i'm here now blah 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 or you know, it's not me. I'll, I'll fix it. But, you know, they made a mistake. It's one company. And if you talk about another division or another technician, you're just cutting off your nose to spite your face. You're, it's, you're shooting yourself in the foot. You know, just say, hey, you know, I don't know what happened, but, you know, I'm going to I'm here now and I'm going to go through it and whatnot and uh, we'll figure it out. And I'll follow up with that technician. And, you know, maybe it was just something um that i don't know that they did you know i'll communicate with them but right now i'm gonna just take care of you yeah it should never be negative and nope. you know and never throw anyone under the bus like you said yeah maybe they miss up maybe they weren't having a, we all have bad days we miss something we all yeah. you know i mean i have days where i don't want to you know i can find an easy way i have that part of my truck but you know it's six o'clock i don't want to hang it but you know most time I go ahead and hang it because I'm here. That's what I need to do. But I mean, there's guys that won't do that. And unfortunately, you know, there's guys that sometimes make mistakes and just rush through something and leave and don't see it through. And then, you know, we gotta go back and take care of it. But I mean, you don't badmouth other techs, you don't badmouth other companies. It, it, it yeah. never ends well. I see it every day, man, unfortunately. Yeah. It I, happens I, in every company. No one's, no one's immune from that. That's, that's, Nope, I just try to, you know, if someone says oh, so-and-so did this, well, you know, maybe they weren't having a good day or I'll, I'll get to the bottom of it and I'll make sure it doesn't happen again. You know, we'll take care of it, that kind of thing. That's not the best thing you can do, so. <clears throat> what we got here? So we have Brian Sanders. One of the hardest things is talking good customer service and actually doing good customer service. You guys are proof that you can uh, you can do both. Bravo. Thanks, Brian. It's, um, it's, Thanks, Brian. It's been a long time coming, man. Um, I... You, I always tell everybody, everyone's like, how do you succeed? How do you get to your level? It's like, just take pride in your work and have integrity, man. And the rest just falls into place. Yeah. Work ethic, take pride in your work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Quentin says there's days when you get your butt kicked and get humbled. Man, dude, I have days. I have like three or four days in a week. And I just absolutely get my butt kicked. I'm like, why am I, you know, what's happening here? And you just got to, you got to keep going and keep trying. Um, you know, I, I need to do better about being more positive about things. I let some things dwell and get me kind of down. But you just got to keep going, man. Um, it was broke when you got there. <laughs> so anything else on this topic, guys? No, I think we're good. I wish we um, I wish we can get some different levels of perspective. And I think in the future maybe we can. We can get some uh, yeah. some more perspective there because uh, I've, oh. I've been out of the hospitality for a while. 
and uh, it, it's not nothing new, <laughs> but um, but it's uh, you know, we can only give what we, you know, we only know what we know, you know, and, and, and the intention's good, we're just trying to help and whatnot. But it, it's a great conversation, great topic. You get a cool, I got a chef I could probably reach out to if you got a cool manager or chef, somebody you could talk to. I'd love to have them on. We could talk about both sides of it, man. I mean, that's a great point. I mean, you know, we just have our side, but the chefs have their sides. The managers have their side. I mean, yeah. we all have someone we report to, and we're all dealing with a different side of it. So I think it'd be a great idea to have, you know, a chef or a manager come on, you know, talk about what they expect out of us as being service companies and service providers versus, you know, what we expect them being a customer. So I like that, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're just two sides of the same pancake, man. <laughs> that's for sure so all right well i won't keep you guys any longer i appreciate everybody tuning in the audience and you guys have been great tonight so um be safe out there and have a good night guys if you guys would please consider subscribing rating and reviewing the podcast it really helps us grow and helps us know which direction to move in also giving suggestions for guests please email me at commercial kitchen chronicles at gmail.com or if you want to be a guest email me Love to have you guys on. Thanks a lot. See you next week.